0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 312 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You guys should definitely check them out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, of course, coming off of a very difficult, just total gut punch loss, 5-4 in overtime at home against the Philadelphia Flyers last night. And, you know, kind of collecting my thoughts about this game this morning, the conclusion I came to here is that It's not the worst game that the Rangers have played all season. It's not the best game that the Rangers have played all season. But the reason why this loss hurts so much more than a lot of the other losses have this year is it was shaping up as being one of the better wins that the Rangers were going to have all year because they got off to such a rough start in this game. They were down 2-0 before you could blink. It looked like it was going to be a shaky night for Keith Kincaid, and I mean, really, it was. He had a weird night because he made some really tough saves in some really big spots, but he also left in uh, too many soft goals and, uh, you know, just didn't have the magic last night that he seemed to have had early in his New York Ranger tenure. But the Rangers now 11, 12, and 4. This is their fourth loss in their last five games. Of course, this loss occurred in overtime, and so the Rangers do get a point for that. But man, that is a very small, minuscule consolation prize after a game like last night. Because again, this was shaping up as one of the best wins of the season. The Rangers, they just couldn't find that extra gear in the first period. They're down 2 nothing again before anybody can even blink. And they come storming back with a three-goal performance in the second period. And the Rangers, they have not won a game all season where they've been trailing by two or more goals. And it certainly looked like it was going to happen on this night. Uh, the Flyers do tie the game in the second period, but the Rangers go back on top early in the third. They get a goal from Kevin Rooney, just a hard working blue-collar goal from their third line the fourth line, excuse me, and that's all the scoring they would do. They were shut down the rest of the way. The Flyers are apparently the only team in the NHL that can figure out the Rangers' penalty kill. They go two for five on the power play last night, and they indeed get the equalizer on the man advantage. The game goes to overtime, and even in overtime, you know, I think if you just look at second period, third period, and overtime of last night's game, I think the Rangers clearly the better team on the ice, but this is kind of a case study also of why you can't get off to a slow start in the first period. you got to play 60 full minutes against a team of the Flyers' caliber. And, of course, in overtime, looked like the game was the Rangers for the taking. You know, they're they're having the better of play. They're maintaining possession. They're keeping the Flyers' skaters basically just trapped on the ice because the Rangers had control of the puck for so long, about the first minute and a half of overtime, and the Flyers couldn't get off the ice. And you're thinking, like, man, if nothing else, we're just going to tire these guys out, and sooner or later, you know, the scoring chance is going to come, and we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to put the puck in the net. We're going to go home happy with two points here, Uh, but it just doesn't happen. The Rangers, unable to, you know, convert on any of the scoring chances, and then the Flyers get just a single chance the other way. I mean, the ending of this game was just a disaster. Keith Kincaid, again, rough night for him. I I get what he was trying to do here. He thought he had a chance to move the puck up the boards, get the puck back to Panarin. Maybe Panarin can, uh, you know chip the puck ahead to himself. You know, Panarin talked about this play after the game, and he tried to basically just tip it past Voracek there, and unfortunately, Voracek kind of just got in front of him, uh, intercepted the pass from Kincaid, and just like that, Voracek is one-on-one with the goalie, and there's nobody really near him because, you know, Panarin it's not like his momentum was carrying him back into the ranger zone and he could keep up with Voracek and maybe knock the puck away from him. No, he he was completely behind him. And so Voracek, Voracek was gassed. I mean, he'd be on the ice for a long time, but he goes in slow. And again, I don't know if that was by design because he knew he had a lot of time or because he was just completely uh, out of gas and just that was his only option. He had to go in slow. But basically Voracek's Fakes uh, Keith Kincaid out of his skates and, uh, you know, makes one move. Kincaid flails completely in the wrong direction. and At that point, uh, you or me could have scored the goal because the entire net was wide open and Voracek just tucks it home. And like I said, it's just a total, complete gut punch loss for this New York Ranger team because and we haven't even talked about this. We knew they were going to be short-handed going into this game. And it's funny because we recorded yesterday's episode and we knew about Phil DiGiuseppe Giuseppe because they had already announced that he was on the covid list. He was obviously going to be unavailable for last night's game and you're thinking going in like, "Oh well, you know, that's unfortunate, but hopefully we can get by without Phil DiGiuseppe. Giuseppe." And he's been a great player for the Rangers so far this season, so he definitely is a loss. Not taking anything away from Phil DiGiuseppe. Giuseppe, but you're thinking like, "Okay, well we can overcome that. You know, Gautier or Howden goes back into the lineup." We're coming off a great performance against the Bruins. We'll go out there. We'll take care of business. Then you find out just a couple of hours before the game that Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich who have been really the Rangers' best defenseman in Adam Fox and, I mean, best forward for Pavel Buchnevich if you just look at stats. Now, I realize Panarin would more than likely, I think we could say pretty safely that he would be in front of Buchnevich as far as stats are concerned had he not had this recent absence. But be that as it may, I mean, you're talking about your best all-around defenseman and the guy that leads your team in points, and you're going to be without both of them. And you find that out very late in the game. So what do the Rangers do? You got to replace three guys in the lineup. You end up going with Tarmo Runinen and Julian Gauthier is back in the lineup, and Brett Howden is back in the lineup. So at least two out of the three have played with the Rangers for most of the season. But still, uh, you're talking about a massive downgrade there. You know, losing Adam Fox and losing Pavel Buchnevich. I know next man up and all that good stuff, but it's hard to replace guys like that, uh, especially when you have to do so with little to no notice before the puck drops. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts and uh, we'll get back to the hockey in just a second here. But first I did want to at least mention uh, that last night for the Rangers was hockey fights cancer night. And of course this is a league wide initiative and it's really just a great thing because obviously just about everybody, if you haven't had cancer yourself, uh, there's a good chance that you might know someone who has either a family member or a friend or even a friend of a friend. I think it's, you know, a disease that's probably affected everybody in one way or another at one time or another. So, uh, Yeah, you know, obviously a great initiative by the league there, uh, you know, raising money and raising awareness uh, for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I know we're all very disappointed about the Rangers losing this game last night because, again, it was a total gut punch loss, but it is just one of those things that reminds you that a lot of things are bigger than sports. And, you know, obviously this is one of them because, like I said, just about everybody has been affected in one way or another. So, uh, you know, just a great job by the league. But uh, getting back to this Ranger loss here, this total gut punch Ranger loss, we touched on briefly how Phil Giuseppe, Adam Fox, and Pavel Buchnevich were all out of the lineup due to being placed on the COVID list. And first and foremost, we hope that all three of those guys are okay. We hope they don't actually have COVID, and if they do, obviously a speedy recovery to all three of these players. But I almost feel like I jinxed this team because in yesterday's episode, we were talking about how close the Rangers were to being back to 100% completely fully healthy for the first time in a long time. We mentioned that the only guy missing from the lineup was Igor Shesterkin. Obviously, you know, we dodged a bullet when he suffered an injury against the Devils. And obviously, he's missed some games, but it looked like it could have been a season-ender. Unfortunately, it was not, and the Rangers could use him back. As soon as possible, Uh, that's becoming more and more apparent with every game that goes on. And then we also mentioned that Phil DiGiuseppe had been added to the COVID list. What we didn't know was that uh, Adam Fox and Pavel Buchnevich were also going to be added. And so that obviously necessitated the Rangers making a lot of uh, changes on the fly, shuffling the lineup, getting uh, Gautier and Brett Howden back into the lineup, mixing up the lines having Tarmo Reuninen uh, make his NHL debut last night. He was up from Hartford. I will work on the pronunciation there. I, I think they, I think I was missing a syllable when I would talk about him in the past. I believe they were saying Reuninen last night, and of course, he got his first NHL assist. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Just to touch on this briefly, though, I mean, Phil DiGiuseppe, Adam Fox, Pavel Buchnevich, you guys watch this team just like I do. I don't think I have to sit here and explain to you why, uh, you know, the Rangers are going to be Missing all these players, they all bring something to the table. And, uh, you know, just to go through it really quickly, obviously, Philip Giuseppe, you lose a little bit of physicality. With Adam Fox, I mean, just a fantastic two-way defenseman, one of the emerging superstars in this league. And Pavel Bucinavich, like we talked about, kind of enjoying something of a breakout season. In yesterday's episode, we talked about how he's just become a more consistent player. You know, there's still a little bit of ups and downs this season, but for the most part, he's been up. And whenever he has been down, the slumps don't last nearly as long, and he doesn't become as much of a ghost as he did in previous seasons. You know, he might go a couple games, you know, four games with only one point, whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't just slump. He doesn't just disappear. He's still uh, very visible out there, and he's just become a much more consistent player. But again, like we talked about, this leads to some line shuffling, and I think we got to give David Quinn a little bit of a pass on this one because his hands were tied a little bit. We have talked about how he does shuffle the lines too much from game to game, and even during the game, I think it'd be nice if maybe he lets some guys uh, find some consistency. But look, his hand was forced last night. He had to just put this together uh, pretty much on the fly, and, and this is what he came up with. Top line, you've got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Capo Kako. Kind of a quiet night uh, from that combination. And again, you know, Mika and Kreider, I'd be okay with continuing to have them on different lines. And and once again, I understand that, you know, a lot of guys were out last night. You got to adjust these things on the fly. But again, the magic between those two just hasn't been there this season. And all of a sudden, Kreider's back in kind of a funk. You know, he he was absolutely on fire, as good as anybody in the league, was borderline carrying this team. And now all of a sudden, you know, you barely realize that he's out there. And Mika, after having a really strong game against the... Boston Bruins, you know, uh, not much from him last night either. And same thing with Capo Caco. With Caco, I feel like he is an improved player from last season. He just looks more engaged. He looks more willing to fight for the puck. And it does seem like he gets more scoring chances this season than in other seasons. And the reason I'm not giving up on him is I feel like now, and this wasn't really the case in last night's game because I didn't see this line really create that many scoring chances at all. But for the most part this season, I think Caco's biggest issue as has been the case for a lot of players in this Ranger team, is finishing the scoring opportunities. you got to believe that's going to come in time. Again, he has improved this season, but at the same time, and this is kind of going to lead me into my next point that I'm about to make, Capo Caco has played, I believe, 20 games for the Rangers. Yes, 20 games for the Rangers this season. He's got four points, two goals and two assists. And this despite, you know, having a chance to play with some of the better players on the New York Rangers. And so I think once this team is back at full strength and once Pavel Buchnevich comes back, I'm probably— Not even probably. I'm definitely going to put Pavel Buchnevich back on the top line, and we can debate who should be there with him. But he's the best right winger that the Rangers have right now. He's been one of the best flat out players that the Rangers have had this season. So he's going right back in his spot there. And as much as I want to keep Kako in the top six and give him an opportunity to get rolling and kind of just take off at the NHL level, you know, we're pretty far into the season here, and Colin Blackwell's been better than Capo Kako. You know, I don't know how else to say it. And it kind of just defies expectations coming into the year. You know, we're expecting Capo Caco to take a leap forward. And again, I do think he's been better this season overall. Overall game, he's been better this year than he has been last year. But he's been outplayed by Colin Blackwell, a complete journeyman, a 27-year-old who coming into the season had played a grand total of 33 NHL games. Blackwell has simply been better. Blackwell has played 18 games with the Rangers. He's got six goals and four assists. And I think overall has, you know, been a part of more scoring opportunities than Capo Caco has. So... And, you know, they could also dictate their own fate, Capo, Kako and Colin Blackwell, because when Pavel Bucinavich comes back, whenever that is, I got to believe he's going right back to the top line. So as far as who's going to be the right winger on the second line, I mean, it could depend how Kako and Blackwell each play between now and whenever Pavel Bucinavich returns to the lineup. But if that second line of the Rangers clicks, you know, Strom and Panarin, we, we know what they can do together. We saw that all year last year. We've seen a little bit of it this year, too. You know, obviously Panarin missed a bunch of games there and Strom had been slumping and then, you know, really caught fire not too long ago. But Colin Blackwell has taken an advantage of an opportunity to play on that second line. He looks like he fits right in. He's a lot faster than I think a lot of people realize. And I think he's been better at finishing his scoring opportunities than Capo Caco has. Colin Blackwell has been better at finishing his scoring opportunities than a lot of players on the Rangers have. So, If we fast forward however long it takes for Pavel Buchnevich to get back into this lineup and Capo Kapokako is still playing the same way then that he is now and Colin Blackwell is still playing the same way then that he is now, Colin Blackwell is my second-line right winger. And I realize that, you know, on one hand, you have to have a little bit of an eye at the future because the Rangers have a lot more invested in Capo Kapokako than they do at Colin Blackwell. On the other hand, the Rangers have to win games and Colin Blackwell has simply been the better player between the two. So when Buchnevich comes back, I'm sorry, but Capo Kapokako is going to have to go down to the third line for me. The third line, you've got Philip Heedle centering Alexi Lafreniere and Julian Gauthier. And on one hand, it's kind of tough that Kevin Rooney had to lose his third line role. But at the same time, I don't want to take any of those guys off of the third line and move them down to the fourth line. And so, uh, yeah, I totally get it. You know, Kevin Rooney, his game uh, plays very well for a fourth liner, just a big physical guy. And uh, like we were talking about, that line actually ended up scoring the fourth line, ended up scoring what looked like it could have ended up being the game-winning goal. They score early in the third period to give the Rangers the lead. Kevin Rooney scores. Uh, just a hard-working play from Brian Lemieux and Brett Howden, who were, of course, Rooney's line mates. But, yeah, I mean, that's the fourth line. And then for the defense pairings, you've got Ke'Andre Miller with Jacob Truba. A uh, little bit of a shaky night for Ke'Andre Miller. There were a couple times where he looked to pinch. I don't know. Maybe he he scored a goal in the last game, and maybe he's looking to contribute more offensively. But he kind of got caught, and it led to some odd man rushes for the Philadelphia Flyers, which obviously is not a recipe for success in general, and certainly not against this Philadelphia Flyers team. But uh, yeah, that was a top pairing. Uh, Ryan Lindgren and Libor Hayek, they were the second pairing. Obviously, Lindgren and Fox have been together all season, but you got to shuffle the deck a little bit. And then the third line, you've got Tarmo Reuninen and Brennan Smith on the ice together. Now, Reuninen, I do want to talk about him a little bit because he was making his NHL debut. We will do that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website... Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut almond versus peanut butter brownie. That is a tough one, but peanut butter brownie might be my pick to go all the way. But anyway, go to builtbar.com or to at BiltBar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Tuesdays on Locked On NHL, it is all about East Coast bias as Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. From Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. I did want to talk a little bit about Tarmo Rayunanen and also just kind of the uh, minutes distribution because obviously when you're missing somebody like Adam Fox, it leaves basically just a cavernous hole in your lineup. And so obviously, you know, Adam Fox, there's games this season where he's out there for almost half the game and obviously you don't have his services for this game and Jacob Truba was kind of the guy that picked up the slack he ended up with 27 minutes and 23 seconds of ice time that led all Rangers four minutes and seven seconds of the power play two minutes and 21 seconds on the penalty kill those are definitely Adam Foxy and like numbers. But uh, let's talk about Rayunanen, and then we'll get back to the rest of the defensemen here. So Rayunanen only was out there for 8 minutes and 57 seconds. By comparison, the reindeer defenseman with the second least amount of ice time was Libor Hayek. He had 16 minutes and 10 seconds. Rayunanen did not play on either the power play or the penalty kill. That's probably to be expected, making his NHL debut here but uh, he did get his first NHL assist and it was a great play Ryan Strom gains entry this is with the Rangers trailing 2 to nothing about midway through the second period he leaves the puck for Panarin Panarin passes to his right across the ice to Rayunin Rayunin passes right back to Panarin that's a pretty good strategy there by Rayunin he's a smart kid you know obviously making his NHL debut and hey this Artemi Panarin guy is pretty good so he passes right back to Panarin Panarin winds back just absolutely tattoos a slap shot home makes the score two to one. Uh, Overall, you know, I thought Reunion played pretty well. He was a plus one for the night, put one shot on goal. That was actually, I think that was his first shift. It was just a couple minutes into the game, but nice to see him uh, just put a puck at the net. I mean, obviously it's not much. It's not going to be on his career highlight reel or anything like that, but when you're making your NHL debut, I think you want to get involved, get a shot on goal, get a hit, do something, you know, block a shot, whatever it might be. Uh, So, you know, again, he didn't play a whole lot in this game, but from what we saw, it certainly didn't look like he was overwhelmed or anything like that either. And then as far as the rest of the defensemen, we already mentioned Trouba. Uh, Andre Miller, 24 minutes, 24 seconds of ice time. Again, I think it was kind of a tough night for Ke'Andre. He even, when the Rangers were on the power play, uh, turned the puck over and the Flyers went the other direction. Heath Kincaid made a big save on a breakaway, kind of bailed his guy out there. Uh, but Andre Miller uh, definitely struggled in this game last night. Kind of a rarity. I mean, look, I'm not going to Turn on Ke'Andre Miller because of one rough outing. It's easy to forget he is a rookie. He is very young. Uh, Just based on the way he's played so far this season, I'm sure he'll bounce back in the next game. But uh, yeah, especially when you compare it to what Ke'Andre Miller has done so far this season, definitely was not a banner night for him last night. And then, of course, Ryan Lindgren, 22 minutes, 41 seconds. Uh, Brandon Smith, eighteen thirty-one. He had a nice game. You know, he had a great pass, great stretch pass up the middle of the ice to set up a goal for the Rangers. Uh, he got the pass of Panarin. Panarin gained entry into the zone, and Panarin was behind the defense, but he passed to his left to Colin Blackwell, and Blackwell buries it in deep. And I shudder at the thought of how many players on the Rangers right now. I mean credit to Blackwell. You know, he, he did what he had to do. He was in the right position. He received the pass. He converted on his scoring opportunity. But I started to think how many Rangers right now might have that pass go off their stick or might shank the shot or, or might shoot it right into Carter Hart there. Finishing opportunities has been an, an issue for this team. And so uh, nice to see Colin Blackwell put it home there. And I just noticed we're kind of accidentally just going through the Ranger goals here. So let's talk about the next one, the one that gave the Rangers a 3-2 to lead. Julian Gauthier uh, is sprung. Into the zone, behind the defense, just excellent passing. You had Libor Hayek passes out of his zone into the neutral zone to Panarin. Panarin moves the puck to his right to Philip Hedl. Hedl, moving through the neutral zone, springs Julian Gauthier into the attacking zone. And Julian Gauthier, after being stopped by Carter Hart on a breakaway earlier in the game, this time he converts it, uh, just went in there basically like a bat out of hell, just darted across the, the crease there. Brings the puck to his backhand, lifts it home. Rangers up 3-2, just looking like a completely different team in the second period than they did in the first period. Unfortunately, the Flyers tie the game with a power play goal late in the third period. And then we already talked about this goal from the Rangers in the third period. The game is tied 3-3, and uh, Brett Howden, Brandon Lemieux, Kevin Rooney, they're all in on the forecheck. The puck is along the boards. They're all fighting for it. Uh, Eventually, Brad Howden is credited with a secondary assist, and Lemieux gets the puck, and he passes, sets up Kevin Rooney. Uh, Lemieux is kind of along the goal line there, and he gets it to Rooney. Rooney blasts it, scores. That's his fifth goal of the season, which, I mean— that might be more goals than we thought Kevin Rooney was going to get all season, especially when you consider that it's just a 56-game regular season. So can't say enough about the job that he's done so far this season. Really a valuable uh, bottom six forward for the Rangers thus far. But as we all know, the lead unfortunately did not last for the Rangers. In fact, about two and a half minutes later, Claude Giroux gets the equalizer with a power play goal. Now this I have to talk about because this really annoyed me watching this game last night. So Claude Giroux catches a high stick from Julian Gauthier. And by the way, Gauthier ended up with eight penalty minutes. So on one hand, he gets the goal and that's great. And you know, again, I-, I think overall he's played better recently than he has throughout most of his Ranger tenure, but he ends up with eight penalty minutes in this game, including this one, a double minor for high sticking Claude Drew. Now by the letter of the law, this is the correct call because Drew was bleeding. It wasn't like he was just you know gushing blood and there was a a puddle on the ice. But by the letter of the law, that doesn't matter. Whether you're bleeding a lot or just bleeding a little bit, if you're bleeding and there's a high-sticking penalty, the guy that caught you with the high stick is going off for four minutes. Okay, fine. I have no issues with that. The issue I take with this is in the Rangers' very last game against the Boston Bruins, Alexi Lafreniere caught a high stick to the face, and he was bleeding, and again very mildly. It's not like he was just gushing blood and, you know, had the crimson mask and had to go into the locker room and get stitched up. It was nothing like that. It was just a bloody nose. But it was the same deal with Lafreniere as there was with Giroux. And yet when Lafreniere took the high stick and he was bleeding, the guy that made it happen only went off for two minutes. So what's the deal here? You know, is this a call that is at the referee's discretion? Does he make this call based on how much you're bleeding? I always thought that, it didn't matter how much or how little you were bleeding. If there's a high-stick penalty and blood is drawn, it is automatic. Four minutes for the uh, the offender, the guy that caught you with the high stick. And we've seen a complete contrast in these last two games based on when Lafreniere got caught with a high stick and when Claude Giroux got caught with a high stick. And in fact, I think Lafreniere was bleeding a little bit more than Giroux was. And I, I think the best way to make this call is simply by the letter of the law. Is there blood? If the answer's yes, four minutes. If the answer's no, two minutes. Simple as that. Because you're going to start getting into some serious gray area if you just let it up to the referee's discretion. And Lafreniere, when he was high-sticked, he even showed the ref. Like, he, his nose was bleeding. He kind of put his hand up to his nose and then showed the ref, like, what's that? What does that look like to you? And only two minutes for the Bruins. And yet, the Rangers, Julian Gauthier, ends up with four minutes in this game. And, you know, I know you could say on one hand, well, you know, the Flyers, they scored at the first half of that double minor. But, man, like, that's... When you know you have a one-goal lead and it's a third period and you're up against this dangerous flyer team, a team that seems to be the only team that can score a power play goal against your penalty kill unit, and you know that you have to kill off four minutes, I mean, that's a pretty daunting task. And so, you know, I don't know. And and on top of that, after Giroux ties the game, they still get another two minutes on the power play. So that's another two minutes that the Rangers really have to be back on their heels, killing off this power play, and can only take so many chances offensively. So, yeah. The NHL really needs to figure that out. The answer the NHL needs to answer to this. Why was there only 2 minutes called against Boston and why were there 4 minutes called against Gautier? I would love to hear the answer to that question from this league. And it's kind of a part B to this rant here, whatever you want to call it. Um so they actually reviewed this play, which is not something that I've really seen. I guess it's something that they can do, but they the refs all got together, all four of them, both referees, both linesmen. They all get together. They huddle up. All right, so what's the call here? What are we calling? Are we calling a penalty? Is it going to be two minutes? Is going to be four minutes? Blah, 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 blah. The referee then announces on his microphone that, okay, we are, going, we are calling a four-minute penalty, but we are also going to review it. They review it, and the four-minute penalty stands. Why then could these referees not review earlier in the game When a player on the Flyers, a defenseman, clearly shot the puck up over the glass and into the netting, which should have been a delay of game penalty against the Flyers. Why could they not review that? Everybody on the Rangers was was yelling that he shot it out of play. David Quinn was beside himself on the bench because he saw it. And it was close, but that was clear as day. The Flyers shot that puck up into the air. Nobody touched it on the Rangers. It went over the glass. It hit the netting. It came back in. I I believe it bounced back into the into the rink. But that's irrelevant. If you shoot it over the glass and out of play, you shoot it over the glass and out of play, and it should be a penalty. So, yeah, not a banner night for the refs as far as calling penalties. I would say, but yeah, that's about all I have to say about this one, guys. Like I said, it's just a total gut punch loss. And it's not like the Rangers went out there and played terrible hockey last night. I mean, they did have a rough first period, but they really found their game. And again, I would say from the second period, if you just take the second period, the third period, and the overtime period in this game, I'd say the Rangers were the better team and they should have gotten a win. But when you also factor in the first period and the slow start and the fact that you allow the Flyers to score two goals in the first five or so minutes, I think it was like the first five minutes and five seconds or something like that. It's just a textbook example of why you need to come out and play 60 minutes every single night. And that is something that's been something of an issue for the Rangers this season. And so, you know, back at it on Wednesday, you still have a chance to win this series because if the Rangers pick up a regulation victory, then they come out of this two-game set with three points. The Flyers come out with just two points. So glass half full. Let's bounce back. Let's get a win. Again, they're going to have to do it shorthanded. I can't imagine any of those players on the COVID list are going to be cleared for that game on Wednesday. But yeah. Rangers Flyers, once again, at Madison Square Garden, Wednesday night, puck drops at 7.30. So, obviously, we will be back here with a new episode tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we'll be back to talk about that game. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.